Okay, everybody. I have something really cool to tell you about. If you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain here. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. And then you can get started. It's really fun. We just switched over recently here at All Too Real 2, and I'm enjoying it so far. So be sure to check it out and uh, let us know what you think. Everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real at Two. My name is Michael E. Calm the Second, and with me, as always, is is Matthew Haas. Yes, and uh, today we have a very special All Too interview episode of All Too Real Two. Um, we have uh, joining us today actor, producer, director, writer, comedian, Larry Hankin. Um, you may know him from Escape from Alcatraz, Billy Madison, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Home Alone. He was Mr. Heckles in Friends and Tom Pepper on Seinfeld. Um, he's had roles in Breaking Bad and recently in the TV show Barry. Um, he was a member of the famed comedy group The Committee, as well as a member of Second City. Um, his uh, film, Sally's Diner, earned him in the Academy Award nomination um, for Best Live Action Short Film. And uh, he is known for his uh, hilarious and layered character in the short subjects of um, Emmett Demas, which is pretty funny online if you get a chance to watch those. And um, he's got um, a book coming out, a um, bunch of other things. Uh, sat down and talked to us, and uh, it was pretty cool, wasn't Hilari- it, Matt? Hilarity ensued, and also you'll you'll know him as your new god. Well, yes, maybe not, but I mean, he's he's definitely awesome. He is. This is a great interview. It's it's almost an hour long, but it really breezes by. Yes, he he when he talks, it's just you just want to listen. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's great. Some great stories from you know everything from Annie to uh, you know working with John Houston and different you know different uh, stories uh, over the years and working on Barry and different with Bill Hader and all these different things. Um, so uh, check that out and. Uh, you're Here, welcome. Yeah, you're welcome, people. Here he is, Larry Hankin. First off, okay, I'd just like to welcome uh, Larry Hankin to the All Two interview portion of All Two Real Two. How you doing today, Larry? Uh, so far, so good. I'm, um, I'm, I'm rehearsing something. I mean, yeah, at home, you know, lines. I'm rehearsing lines. So if I'm rehearsing lines, I'm feeling good. You know, that's awesome. Cool. Uh, um, first off, uh, could you just uh, give us a little bit of um, you know background of how you got started in um, acting and uh, comedy and all that? Wow. Well, um, I uh, actually never wanted to do anything. Uh, I've I've discovered that over the years that, yeah, I really never had anything in mind. I just kind of went where uh, I went with the flow. So uh, the flow when I was growing up was my parents who wanted me to be, uh, you know, doctors and lawyers and all that stuff. 
Um, the nearest I could get to kind of going along with that was I went to college to Syracuse University for industrial design because I like to draw. I was always drawing in, in high school, you know, while the teacher was saying stuff. And uh, so uh, industrial design sounded, well, I could draw. I mean, I never thought about the mathematics of that uh, decision. But yeah, yeah, drawing, industrial design. Because they wanted me to go to college and that was the flow, so okay. And there I, I joined the theater because those people were kind of interesting and, and, and I liked what, what they were doing and, and, and doing lines and, and rehearsing. And, you know, it was community, community thing. So that's what kind of got me to that because uh, I'm, I, I guess, not great socially, but uh, okay, and that was a way in. So that kept me there. And then when I uh, there, I met Carl Gottlieb, who, who um, was in the journalism department of Syracuse University. He later wrote Jaws, all the Jaws movies, as a matter of fact. And uh, we became friends because he was kind of antisocial too, <laughs> and so we we made a, a nice pair. He was crazy, man. I mean, the, the, the marching band hung Carl Gottlieb in, in effigy on fire. <laughs> yeah, he was quite a quite a, quite a writer. Uh, so uh, we found out so that when we graduated together at the same time, uh, we got a, a, a little apartment in Greenwich Village, and uh, so I cleaned. Uh, uh, duckboards and bars late at night. That was what I did. And he wrote uh, reviewed movies. And so while I was, you know, while I had nothing to do and not much money, I would go to these coffee houses and watch the, mainly the, the free stuff with the Monday night open mic. So I used to watch them guys a lot. And thought, ah, well, I was a funny guy in high school. I could do that. So I started doing that. And lo and behold, I was opening for like Woody Allen and Miles Davis, and it turns out that an outsider at that time was cool. You know, I was talking about drugs and uh, cursing on stage and marijuana and the cops and all that stuff. And so I couldn't get on television, so that was a drag at the time. Uh, and so nightclubs started to dry up, so my manager told me to go to Second City, join Second City, because they were doing the kind of stuff I was doing and Richie Pryor was doing and George Colin was doing, only I just couldn't take the guff of the audience when they didn't like what you were saying on stage. I and mean, it just really bothered me. <laughs> uh, so I thought, yeah, theater, okay, that's cool. We own the place. That was the kind of thing that I was going for. And the stage was a lot higher than a nightclub. So a nightclub, you know, it's just dance floor. You're only, the band is only about, you know, five inches higher than the dance floor in nightclubs. And so, you know, and the stage at Second City was at least, you know, three feet high. So I thought, okay, <laughs> I don't keep the bad guys off of me. No, they would, I would be taken off the stage by cops and, and drunks would come at me with beer bottles upside down in their fists and people throwing stuff. I mean, it was like Lenny Bruce time. It was just, you know, I... I I was too little class for that. I couldn't. <laughs> no, I ain't, man. I'm just talking here. Yeah. I'm just having a conversation. That's, no, that's all. that's cool. Yeah. But no, you know. <laughs> so, like, uh, and then a couple of us joined, uh, a couple of us went to Alan Meyerson from Second City. We went to San Francisco and started the committee. So that was wow. kind of cool. And by, so when we were up in San Francisco with the committee, a lot of stars and, and more important people would, would drive up or fly up. And, and those days, you could fly up kind of round trip for 20 bucks and it was amazing wow. really cool <laughs> yeah so so they would do that just real easy you know boom the, the cab was the, the killer so so but, but they would see us and hire us to go down and be in a movie or a TV show so that's how I kind of went down there and then Carl was meanwhile writing Jaws and stuff and he was at a mansion <laughs> so I kind of couch surfed him for a while uh, and uh, that was kind of cool and then somehow um, Kenny Marshall, of all people, but yes, Penny Marshall, who was really wow. a funny lady. Uh, she uh, told somebody, they said, hey, Larry Hankin, maybe he's down here. I saw him in the committee up in San Francisco. Uh, we had a dance thing uh, that was written to Laverne and Shirley, and he looks like a physical comedian. I want to dance with him. So they got me, and, and then that's, she 
and and uh, the production company got me uh, manager down there, and then boom, I was I was in a lot of sitcoms uh, and stuff like that. But really, where I wanted to go is I'm a stand-up comedian. I mean, that's what I am, you know. I mean, so I'm I'm starting to learn how to be an actor because I just pretend, you know, like in the committee, like when you're improvising. Yeah. You know, there's no backstory. You just jump in. Uh, you know, I, I, so that's what I would be doing, kind of, uh, which gets you by, gets you the audition, and gets you, you know, kind of cool parts, but it doesn't, it's not satisfying, you know, and, and I wasn't really interested in doing the homework. <laughs> I was a stand-up comedian, you know? Yeah. You just hang out, and you look around, and then you go, I never wrote, and all the time that I opened for Miles, or Woody, or uh, Kingston Trio, or all of uh, the Loving Spoonful, I toured with bands a lot, um, I never wrote anything. I, I would, I, you know, I had these hunks that I would work on and refine, but nothing was ever written down. So that was another thing. I had to memorize other people's words. That's, that was, that's, that was a bitch, you know. <laughs> uh, so for me, because I was used to just off the top of my head and then refining that, something that, that you're already there with. So I'm, I'm now, you know, writing my own stuff and making my own little movies and, and stuff. So that's kind of the art, you know. But along the way, it was kind of a lot of fun and, and very funny, frankly, you know. Oh, I wrote a book, you know, not about it. But yeah, that's kind of the result. Of, I would write these little things while I was doing, you know, uh, even, I can't remember, Seinfeld or any of those, that era, 70s, 80s, 90s. I was writing, you know, and just putting it in a drawer. So now I'm taking all that stuff out of the drawer. And it's inter interesting what I was writing about. <laughs> so that's kind of my interest now. I mean, it's funny. It's satire. It's mockery. You know, good old-fashioned mocking. Nothing wrong with that. No. Uh, so that's where I'm going. You know, that's where I'm heading. That's where I'm at. That's cool. Kinda. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it's kind of cool. It sounds like a... Like a theater and um, just being on stage and stuff kind of got you out of a shell or something. It sounds like, you know, like a... I, I know how that is. I'm, I'm an actor myself, so once I was able to get cool. on stage, I was able to... Uh, I'm like a really shy person, kind of introverted n normally, so, you know, once, exactly. I was, once I was on stage, it was like, okay, whatever. You know, I don't care. Especially, especially <laughs> yeah. when you have that. And then you had other... <laughs> And you have other people around you, and you're supposed to be doing this. Yeah. You know, even if it's not funny right now. No, I'm getting paid to be here, so, yeah. you know, <laughs> your own business. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, um, what um, what would you say is, like, your, uh, like, favorite memory so far in, like, all of your adventures of um, wow. in, in entertainment? Well, I when... When I was when I was in the presence of somebody who I I looked up to, you know, like a John Houston or a, well, there you go. And then when, when they would, you go, oh, that's why he's who he is. When when you suddenly, because I don't get it, you know. I mean, my first meeting of anybody. Uh, not to my credit, it's not cool. I just look at them, you know, they're all hot. How you doing? I don't know background. I, you know, I don't carry that around. I'm not like a, I just, I guess I have my own little idols and not fandoms. But so, and, and then later I thought, oh, was that, was it, oh, that was John Houston? Oh, wow. You know, I would have <laughs> been in awe and couldn't have spoken to him. You know, I'm that kind of person. I was just, oh my God, I didn't know. So, but John Houston, I, I did. You know, I, I did Annie in the movie. So, uh, you know, and he, I had long hair, I had long hair, and I was, I played the dog catcher, and so uh, I kind of knew when the audition that probably they were going to have to cut my hair. I'm a hippie now. Um, my hair was down to my shoulders. And so the first hint I had was, you know, that this lady, the casting director, brought me in front of me. There's no words. I didn't have any words. He just wanted to see me. That was all. And he, he was in the middle of production. So he was busy with a lot of stuff. And so I was like brought in and he was on a director's chair. He was looking at the day's riches on a TV screen while people were building a set or something. So he had no, you know, and so I was just brought to him and stood in front of him. And they said, Mr. Houston, here's the picture. <laughs> and the lady who um, brought me in, the kid, and she was a famous person. I mean, you know, she's working with John Houston. She's casting people. So she was, you know, so she gets behind me and she takes my hair, which was down to my shoulders, and she bundles it up, you know, kind of in, in our hands. 
she's standing behind me, like in a, into a ponytail, holding it away from my face. So, so, so he's looking at me, he's looking at her, and he says, what are you doing? And she says, uh, oh, I'm just getting the hair out of his face so you can see what he looks like. And he says, I'm a director. I have an imagination. Don't touch my actors. Please. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, that's so cool. That is. And then the first time anybody ever stuck up for me. <laughs> you know? And it was John so, Houston. That's cool. So he rushed and he said, fine. He said, then he said, sir, you know, fine. He said, we fine. Thank you very much, sir. I don't know if he said to sir, but it was like that. Said, Thank you very much. He said, Thank you, you know, Mr. Houston. And I was trundled out of his presence. And I thought, okay, that that's cool. That there's a there's this good guy, man. Everything that I know about him has now been totally righteous, you know. So then when I get on the first day of being the dog catcher, you know, I got my hair all shaved off and everything. Uh, so I go into the, that's what I do. I, I generally go to the costume place first, you know. And you report to the AD, he says, you know, here's, here's where your dressing room is or whatever. And then I just go, where's the, where's the dressing room? I want to see my costume. I go there. So I go there and there's tons of costumes that are not only, and I go, you know, hey, where's my, costume? oh, there he is. He's over there. You know, so I go, oh, I'm, I'm the dog catcher. Can I have a costume, please? So he goes, Yes, sir. And he's kind of an angry attentive guy. I could just like tell. I mean, and then he hands me this. Are you guys? I mean, are you old enough to remember starch and, and like yeah. shirt collars and white yeah. collars and stuff? Yeah. I mean, so he gives me a dog catcher, which is basically a you know a, a one a one a one whatever you call it. You know, just cover. It's very thin coverall in, in, in a tan collar. It's a thin kind of cloth, but it's all folded into a about a fifteen. A sitting in square, flat, and it's all starch. It's like a board. It's like he's handing me a cardboard board about <laughs> two inches thick. And I go, what's this? He says, that's your costume. So I try to peel it up. And literally, I mean, you know, it's starchy. <laughs> you know, I, I used to do that to my father's collar, you know. What the hell? It would peel up. And I had to leave the imprint of that, you know, the person. So I was doing that, and I'm going, this is ridiculous, man. I can't even get into this. You know, I'm trying to kind of unfold the sleeves. <laughs> I said, this is ridiculous, man. I'm a dog catcher. I'm catching dogs all day, man. I'm carrying them. This is 1930. I mean, what are you doing? He said, that's your costume. I said, no, I won't do this. I'm not putting this on. No. I'm I'm an actor. I'm I'm standing my ground. I'm speaking (laughs) for my character. My character wouldn't be wearing this. So he goes, oh, really? I go, yeah, really? He goes, I think we're going to have to see Mr. Houston about this. I go, okay. So he takes it and he kind of tries to fold it back up with a car trying to get into it. So he's pulling it back and he's putting it into a little bundle and he's he's taking me, you know, like by the show, I'm going because... I'm not fighting this. This is, hey, man, this is my stand. So he's my character. You speak for your character. So he, he's taking me, and now it rained the night before. It was daytime. It rained the night before. So we're out of the, the end of the, wherever the hangar. We're walking across, and so there's puddles all over the place. puddles here. But it's drying up. No, no big deal. We got to, there's, there's John Houston, and again, he's looking at the directions. He's not paying any attention to anybody. And I, on the piano, I'm stood in front of him. The guy stands me on it. And he goes, uh, Mr. Houston? Oh, he goes, oh, hello, Larry. You know, welcome to the set. I go, thank you. And then he's got, he says, well, what's going on? And so the costume guy says, uh, this uh, dog catcher here, this, uh, this actor, will not put on this costume. Uh, and this is his costume. And I said, well, look at it, Mr. Houston. I mean, there's starch in it. There's starch in it. I'm a dog catcher. And the, the, Houston had taken us all. He's very calm there. And he just says nicely to the costume guy, oh, would you please give me the costume, please? And the guy says, oh, yes, sir. And everybody calls him sir. Uh, yes, sir. And he hands it to him. And John Houston gets out of the director's chair with the costume. And he walks over to a nice, nice puddle. And he throws it in the puddle. And he walks in the puddle and he steps on it. And he gets it all wet. And he gets it all wet. <laughs> and then he picks it up and he hands it to the costume guy. He says, dry this off and put the on this actor. Thank you, Larry. <laughs> Goes back to the TV set. That's cool. Now there's a guy. Yeah. There's a there's a director. That's cool. Now you know he can do that all the time to everybody. It was just the Beau Jess. I mean these guys. You know there's such a thing, and I've seen them, <laughs> and they're amazing. They really are. And it makes sense. I mean you know you want your character to wear the right outfit anyway. So and plus you know he. Well he, you know he but here's the, the thing, man. <laughs> 
Okay, here's the thing. You do that today, or I do that today. Even me and and the majors today, they'll be fired in two seconds. What do you yeah. mean they're putting on this costume? <laughs> who, who the fuck are you? <laughs> I mean, you know, they, that's all. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know, and then you get another guy, and I've seen that done right in front of me, too. Wow. You know, thank you very much. You know, and it's been done to me. I mean, yeah. And, and but, but then there's these standouts where you go, oh, right. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah, that's real. And there's a guy who, yeah, everything that anybody said about him is true. Oh, okay. You know, so that's just one. But there's like a, a lot of, I've had the, the other way where, here, okay, here's the exact opposite. It happened to the same guy. Years later, I was doing that at the committee. So I part of the committee, but we were famous. We were hired as a group. The committee to be in a movie. Jane Fonda and uh, Jane Fonda movie. Did one about, about a, uh, a seaplane. A really cool seaplane. I don't know what it's called. She got an Academy Award nomination for it. So it was a kind of important movie. So again, I come in, you know, like I come in, I take you for my, uh, where, where's the costume department? I go to the costume department. Look at the costume. Where is it? Oh, this, these are yours. Sometimes they'll just let you look. They'll say, well, this, this section is here on there for a long time. You know, you have costume changes. There, there's a section that says, you know, Bill Catcher or Larry, whatever. And there'll be like five or six things on hand. And they say, well, this is your section. This is your stuff. You can look at it. You know, try it on. These things. So yeah, I'm looking through my stuff and trying something on. And this woman is standing behind me and she's like, what are you doing? I go, well, um, uh, I'm, I'm just trying on my costumes. How did you get in here? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm an actor. I just came in. You're not allowed in here. Well, yeah, I am. I just asked those ladies over there and they go, no, 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 no. You don't understand. You're not allowed in here. Please leave. I said, no, wait a minute. No, I know. See, these are my costumes. I'm going to put these on. She says, no, you're not going to put these on. You're fired. I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? Who are you? She says, I'm the producer of this movie. You're fired. And she walked away. And I go to these two ladies and they said, yeah, your costumes are there. I go, who was that? And she said, that's the bitch of Hollywood. That lady <laughs> is known as the... And she was. And she's famous and she wrote a book. But she was producing this movie along with her husband. And so I go, what just happened? She was gone. So I go to, to Alan Meisen, who's the director of the movie, who is the, the director of, uh, of the committee. I go, hey, there, I can't. Uh, you got to get into your costume. You're going to be in the next scene. I go, no, I've just been fired. So he had to go and talk to her and oh, uh, wow. got back in. He talked her into it. But see, so there you go. Yeah. You know, yep. no, no, that wasn't cool. No, no that wasn't no, done. Definitely not. <laughs> that was just Hollywood. <laughs> it's a big difference. Um, <laughs> That's reality. <laughs> so, you know, it comes and it goes. Hi, folks. This is Michael E. Cullen II from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with manager Matthew Haas. You got promoted? Yes. Damn it. Okay, anyways, um, folks, uh, do you like the show Superstore? Well, I don't know. I asked the folks and nobody's answering well, me. Because they're not here. Oh, but we love damn it. it. Yeah, we love it, though. Okay, folks, if you like it as much as we do, you're really going to like the Superstory podcast, which is a podcast where Matthew and I go uh, episode by episode and give our little opinions and thoughts on it uh sometimes we have guests sometimes we don't um just depends on how we're feeling yeah and uh you know so if you like this podcast and like our little crazy banter then you should definitely check this out or i might get sad and when i get sad it gets pretty sad so i can't deal with him when he's sad yeah no one can really so um yeah So so check out uh super story podcast right here where you get this podcast super story podcast Minstrel, fetch me the finest French horns! Meet Kaylee Fawn, scientist in mind and supervillain at heart. I remember when my parents made a fuss over me. They hired my TV idol, Professor Phenotype, to visit us for my sixth birthday party. Now I'm not legally allowed near flammable materials until I hit menopause. Or was that the other way around? Face my mastery over the elements! <laughs> You can hear Kaylee Fawn and her exciting adventures in the upcoming radio comedy, Magus Elgar. Visit MagusElgar.com to download your copy today. 
do um do you ever get uh you know like tired of people like recognizing you from any of the films you've been in or anything like that? It, it, it depends upon the vibe, the intent. You know, a lot of people talk about intent mm-hmm. now. It depends on the intent and the ins- and the, and the assumption that they that you know me. Yeah, that I'm you know, and and I can see why. I totally understand why. I mean, you're living room a lot. You know, if you, if you recognize me, then uh, you see me once or twice. You know, so uh, okay. But then there's there's the assumption there. But but you know, I don't know. There's something cool about it that you can't deny. Uh, you can you can. Dismiss it by saying it's part of the territory. Well, you ask for it, or hey, that's what happens, or mm-hmm. that's the other part of it, you know. But then you got managers, you know, and you got negotiations, and you know, you got screwed. That's part of it too. Yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's a draw, it's a wash, you know. It really, I I let it go. I, whatever, whatever. But I remember <laughs> when it did bother me. That's what you know. I just said, well, you don't know me, you know what. Or, yeah, it was because, as long as, okay, you said you were shy. So I'm, as, a, as a private person, generally, yeah. it, 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 you, you take it as umbrage, not, oh, you like my work. Oh, I, oh I'm sorry. I thought you just were getting my space, man. <laughs> I, I didn't get it. I don't, I, you know, I read you wrong. Which is what people like me do all the time. That's why I'm shocked. Yeah. I, I, uh, I'm not, you know, I just, you know, it helps not just railing today, I guess, for myself. And, uh, I'm always writing stuff. Yeah, about the assumptions that I make about reality that are amazing. Uh, you know, um, but I'm, I'm looking at, you know, I live, I live near the beach, so there's always a lot of people. And I grew up on the beach, you know, in Carrocco, Long Island, which is, you know, and I was a lifeline. So, I mean, I'm used to the beach. That's my kind of... But still, a lot of people just, like, throw me, you know? It just, I'm not seeing what you're seeing. You're seeing, hey, it's umbrellas, and we're going swimming, and I'm going, this is, this is a chaos about to happen. I'm getting a rash. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Uh, <laughs> so, it's just, whoa, I, I'm, I'm going home. Uh, so... You know, and I, sometimes people, there's no way to explain that in the moment. I, I remember as a kid, I would, you know, my grand, like the first time, I don't know, 15 or 16 or 14 or something, I got a camera for the first time, you know, you know, single shot photo. And um, so my father said, go take pictures of everybody, you know, and there's all relatives and stuff, and big deal. Uh, go, go take relatives, go shot to your relatives, go use it now. You know, he yeah, was filming it and stuff like that. So it's a wow, take pictures of all my relatives, and that was the people I knew. So I, I had an idea that, okay, I will take pictures of all my relatives, which was cool quite a bit, uh, putting food in their mouth. That, that was not my assignment. So all the pictures of all the relatives of my 13-year-old birthday was of relatives putting food in their mouth. And when my father, you know, went to the whatever to get the things developed, what did you do? What, what, what is this? You know, I thought you, you said to take pictures of the relatives. Yeah, but they're all eating. This is embarrassing. I can't show these pictures. They want to take pictures of, the, of their party. What are you... So, I mean, I knew, okay, I'm, I'm an outlaw for sure, man. I can just sense it. Just from what I see and what my dad sees, you know? That, that reminds me. That reminds me a lot of a time I uh, I was at uh, my my grandma's uh, birthday party and my uh, mom gave me a video camera and I'm a filmmaker and she's like go go you know you like making film go uh, take a video of everybody and and do whatever you want and so I made this like really weird artistic film of my grandma's uh, like 80th birthday party and I was like filming the money tree they had at the party and the presents and stuff and there was hardly any people in my product and my mom got really mad at me so um yeah. <laughs> So I understand where you went. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't give creative people a license, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, yeah. And, you know, it took me, 
But you see, the thing is that a lot of people who I know, or I, even I did look up to even, even when I was young, got to figure it out really right away when they were young, and they said, oh, wait, I can make money off of this. Yeah. And it, it took me a long time to figure out, oh, no, I see, no. I'm abnormal, and I'm never going to make this normal. <laughs> but I can make a lot of money off of it. Okay. <laughs> it's just, you know, but it was the business stuff that, you know, just kept me at arm's I've been watching some of your uh, videos that are online of the uh, Emmett Demas and things like that. Those are oh, cool. Those, yeah, those, that's, those are pretty yeah, funny. That's cool now. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. thank you. That's, yeah. I, that's all I can do. You know, that's yeah, I, can do. I, I love the use of the name Emmett. My uh, my grandfather's name was Emmett, so I, I just anytime I hear that name, I'm I'm happy with that. So. Um, oh, cool! Yeah, Emmett Kelly, Emmett Kelly too. That's yeah. where it comes from. Yeah, the yeah. clown. Yeah, um, the uh, so um, I know there's kind of like almost like a resurgence of people probably recognizing you due to like Hulu and Netflix with Se- yeah. with Seinfeld and yeah. Friends. I know a lot of people yeah. watch Friends. I've probably watched every episode of Friends about twelve times myself. <laughs> wow! I, yeah, I just I don't know. It's it's something I put on in the background when I'm cleaning the house or whatever. You know. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, have you have you noticed a lot of like younger generations of people noticing you now? From yeah, that? and then people. So, okay, so now there is, is, a, is a difference right away, which I never had. I'm just talking about this. I mean, it's um, it's amazing because it's blowing my mind. Because you, you start to fade, you get into your own thing. Oh, I'm doing this now, and all of a sudden, I it's noticeable. I mean, I do notice it, and then people mention it to me. Like, uh, I was uh, talking to this lady who came up to me and saying, you know, hey, I saw you on blah, blah, blah. I said, you saw me, you know how long ago I did that? And she goes, oh, yeah, but my, I said, why were you watching that? And I said, well, my daughter, I just was friends. I said, you know, you're, you know, you're not like a teenager. What, what? She said, no, no, my daughter was watching it. She's a big fan of friends. You know, so she's a big fan of yours. And, you know, so am I, so blah, blah, blah. And I mentioned, and I go, oh, that, yeah, that's, I know. She just, yeah, have you noticed that? I go, well, I'm beginning to. And she said, well, yeah, friends now. And Seinfeld and all those old shows are in resurgence. It's not, it's not me. It's, you know, like it's a tsunami. And I'm, you know, a cork. And it's cool. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. But uh, I, I have noticed I'm getting invited. Where, here's where I noticed it. I noticed it in um, uh, the, the uh, like Comic-Con and Chiller-Con, where I get invited to sign autographs. That, that's that's your old timer. That's that's when you're like the antique show, you know. You are what somebody has brought in. <laughs> it's, it's really weird, man, because the time is being collapsed. It's like I'm in show business like it's dog years. You know, it's like seven years is what you get now. You're famous and gone and famous again and that was like three months ago. I just started. <laughs> and now I'm at Amazon. So I want to go. Okay, cool. Right, so it's, it's really interesting, but people, uh, but that's where I noticed it. I was being invited to autograph shows where I've never been invited before. And, and I'm looking around at the other people at the other tables, uh, tables, 
you know, arena. And looking at the, all the other people who are signing autographs, and I'm like, these people are old timers. And I'm going, well, I'm here, so <laughs> I guess. <laughs> all right, that's funny. Why am I here? Yeah, that's, you know, that's really what I'm thinking. Yeah. Why am I here? You know? <laughs> uh, but, but on the other hand, um, it's something I've been going for and towards, and it's just my own little thing. But when I was in the Canadian and in Second City, um, I would tend towards the improv. You know, we were like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, you know, that, that, that kind of age group. Well, I would always tend towards being the old timer in the scene. And there was a scene we were working on for a long time, just between me and, and, and Hamilton Camp, where we were two old timers escaping the home, you know? <laughs> now we're getting out of here. I can't <laughs> take this path anymore, you know? And we're getting out. And, and it was funny, and, but we could never get a beginning, middle, and an end. It was just like funny and socks. We could never quite get the whole thing. So we never went into the show, but we always, Brought it up, and then we sort of say an old thing. He said, oh, let's try that. See if we can get it together. So now I'm seeing, and, and all along, Emmett, that's where Anna comes from, those scenes. Emmett is, was always older than, than me. Like Charlie Chaplin was like 18 or 17 when he was doing that little tramp with the mustache. Yeah. He was a kid, you know? <laughs> he was like, cool. And even Buster Keaton, they were 18. That was amazing. You yeah. Know? So, so you, you always declined. I think generally the clowns are always older because you know, I get more physical and, and able. So, so anyway, that's where, that's where Emmett came from. And now that my hair is gray and stuff, I'm like, well, no, wait a minute. I don't have to get away. Okay, cool, <laughs> man. So it's, I mean, I'm, I, I'll be able to figure out that scene with Hamilton. Only now I'm doing it with Emmett. And it's, it's working. You know, where, uh, that's where uh, the outlaw Emmett Deans came from. And now I got a new one, Barnaby Justice, which is in the book that I just, uh, it's coming out in November. Uh, a book called, um, uh, I don't even know the name of my book. It's, I can't remember that. That I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> it's called the, the, the Loopholes Dossier. It's, uh, that, that's one story of, of three biographies that I, that I made up. I always wanted to do a biography. That would be interesting in my life. Let me make up, I want to make up some three really cool biographies, you know, that's and cool. mock them. <laughs> and so that's, what, that's what, that's, so Emmett is, it became morphed into Barnaby Justice, who's a whole but he's an old guy, and he's on kind of street, very street. You know, old street. He's been homeless for forty years, so he knows what's going on. He's really cool because I, I was homeless for about a year. I lived in my car up in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, you just see stuff. So anyway, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at now. Is I can actually do the characters that I was pretending back in Second City in the committee. So that's kind of a trip, and that's what I realized, you know, consciously, totally, when I was going to the autograph settings. Oh, I get it. I meant it. Right, right. <laughs> hey, folks, this is uh, Michael E. Cullen II um, from the podcast that you're listening to right now, along with Matthew Haas. We just wanted to tell you about our great, great podcast Super. called Super. It's called All Too Real. And on that show, what what do we do, Matt? We we watch biopics, and then we talk about whether or not the movie matched up with the real story or not. So we it's a lot we, more exciting than that, though. Yeah. Right? So, so 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 we we analyze the real story and the real story. Get it? Get it? Real. You know? Yeah. They're spelled differently, yeah. folks. You can guess which one I said which way. Uh -huh. Anyways, um, so uh, sometimes we have guests, sometimes we don't. Um, but we uh talk about great great uh great movies like uh Shattered Glass yes. and The Social Network and uh. A futile and stupid gesture, among others. Um, those are some of the ones that we've covered so far, and uh, we're going to cover a lot more. So uh, please uh, subscribe on Stitcher, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you uh, find your great, fun podcasts. And be sure to share it with your friends. Do it. Do it. Do it. And make sure you're not afraid to get all too, too real. Bye-bye. So um, I know you recently worked with uh, Bill Hader on uh, Barry. How was that? Because um, I know a lot of people oh, probably man. love him. So that's so cool. That was so, yeah. See, there you go. That that, that was a, I would mark that as a high because that's part of the that started my total unconscious conscious awareness that wait a minute something's going on. The the, the tsunami of the antique with the with the new. 
with the old with the new. I got to, I hadn't worked in the business in four years, at least. Not one job in Hollywood at all in four years until they called me, uh, uh, Barry. So I was, that was out of the blue, because I was doing my own backs when I was filming The, uh, the Outlaw and the Demons. I made three of them. I made uh, four. Uh, then I made another one. I was just shooting my own movie. And getting low on cash, so I thought, wow, thank God. But anyway, so I went there, but it was all different and than what I had left behind. And, and and I guess the reason I left was I had done, you know, I've been here and I've done this. I what there was nothing more here. It was like old hat. I just wanted to go away. And, okay, I learned what I needed to learn. That was my college years. Now let me see if I learned anything. And then Barry called me. That was so professional. And the great thing was everybody there I admired. I mean, I admired. Bill Hader, I admired his writing, producing partner, I admired the, admired the crew, the cinematographer, the costume people, the, because everybody was on the, on the same page, man. That was so terrific to be around. Everybody, I mean, even when I didn't know what was going on, not that, I didn't know whether what I was doing was right on. It turned out it was. In other words, all. It was kind of like, no, these are my people, finally. I mean, not in any kind of social, but professionally, this is my humor. This is, these people get what Bill Hader gets, what I get, what I like, what you guys like. This is my life. This is what I would watch. I finally am in a show where I like what I'm, I, I want to see this show. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. <laughs> so that's kind of, so that relaxes you. Like, oh, oh, it's, I'm among people who will allow me to be uh, what I'm going to go for. And it turned out that what I was going for was not what Bill Hader had in mind at all. I mean, that was spoken about after after I did it. After I did it. Oh, not, wow. Not before. Yeah. But they, that, liked, but they liked what you did. Again, see, that's the Bo Jess. That's the Bo Jess of the producer, the director, the writer. And they're all three of the same. They, they all work together. There's two guys, Bill and I don't know what the other guy is, but he's brilliant. Uh, they just... They wrote it a whole different way, and I came up with that because I'm not an actor. I'm, I'm doing an old guy. From the committee. That, I mean, that's what was in my head. But here's why. Yeah, I mean, here, see, I was talking about this to the, an actor the other day, a, a real actor who's making his living at it, and he wants to be an actor, and that's what he does, and that's what he is. It doesn't matter what you're thinking. As long as you're thinking something, it's what the audience thinks you're thinking. Exactly. That's yeah. where the acting is. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if you are, if you think you're thinking about what the story is about, if they assume what you, what, that you're thinking about, that's good enough. Mm -hmm. they, that's what's so great about it. So, so anyway, um, uh, with, with Bill, um, so I, the first time I was making a backstory, I'd never made a back, you know, because I'm a committee taker. I just read it and go, yeah, okay, I'm going to go out on the stage. Just memorizing the stuff. That's kind of what gets me, you know, at the hard part. Anyway, so I thought, okay, I made up his backstory, whatever, old guy, and his backstory. And I come in and I do this part. And Bill Hader loved it because he never said one thing to me. They never gave me any kind of direction. They just let me do it. And I thought, well, I guess I'm doing something right, or I don't know what's going on, but I just keep doing it because I don't know how to do anything else. And then later, Bill or somebody, well, you know, somebody important that I, I thought was, I think it was Bill. Or, you know, I, you know that, well, that's not how we wrote it. But I said, well, why didn't you tell me? He said, no, 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 no. We wanted you to do what you were doing. And I go, oh, cool. He said, yeah. I said, yeah, yeah, because I didn't do it again. I went, no, 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 no. It was fine. It was fine. So that's what I kind of, it was just personal, just off on the side. But, okay, that's what an actor, I think, wants. And he said, oh, okay, I'm telling the story you need to tell in my own little way. I'm not getting in the way. I'm not getting fired. That's, that's where I'm at, you know? <laughs> just move it along, you know, just yeah. tell, the, tell the story. And and the fact that it wasn't what, what they had in mind, but that's why you hire good actors. Because generally, if they're really good, and that's what the good actors do, they come with something you, hadn't in, you didn't have in mind. That's why you hired them. Not to do exactly, well, except for, you know, I hear Spielberg wants you to do what he had in mind. Yeah. That's, that's the struggle back. I hear, now, you know, I hear okay, David Mamet's like that, too. Yeah. 
who? Oh, uh, David Mamet. I hear he's like that too. Like you have to say the words exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. But see, that's the part of the gig too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's nice that you get the 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 Bill haters, or you're doing it the way they saw it. But my my agent a long time ago, one I used to have, he said a very important thing to me. He said, Larry, there's two ways you get apart. You either walk in and they are looking for you. It's yours to lose, or they are not looking for you and you change their mind. That's <laughs> it. He says, and they're not looking for you. So they're sure sizes. <laughs> I said, okay. <laughs> I said, cool. As long as I, okay, I got something that I can work with that. You know, at least I'm not going in stupid, you know? I got something to work with. And so, but I always remember that. Okay, man, just, you know, because you're not, and here's what saved me in time. It saved me trying to be what they wanted, what I thought they wanted me to be. That's a waste of time, you know? Because I, I can't do that. Some people can. I guess that's what actors do. I'm not an actor. I'm a stand-up comedian, you know. I pretend, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, you know. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm learning. I'm willing to learn. I mean, it's, I'm not putting it down. It's, it's a great craft and uh, way to, to do stuff and tell your story. And it's just, there's, there's work that goes into it, you know. And I wasn't work. you got to be long to do the work. I mean, you know, that's kind of a, a no-brainer, dear. <laughs> <laughs> No brainers, you got to do the work. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, I think, I mean, uh, I think a, a lot of actors are just doing what you're saying, pretending. I mean, it's not like really, you know. I, I don't think well, there's people more are to still sensitive. Yeah. Well, way well, 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 less I, I think that was the other thing. That, that's the other. I mean, you got to know where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in, in the scene, you got to know that. But, you, you, but you, you can't, you can't act because they see you acting. They, me, you, the audience, we see what you're doing. You're not there. I see it. I mean, people read body language like it's their second language, which is probably their first language. Yeah. I mean, that's why it's movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, they say, you know, yeah, come on. Man, either be there or go away. <laughs> I you know I I get bored. That's not a good thing, but I get bored very easily. You know that's why I probably can't memorize lines. But, you know, yeah, yeah, I read it. I know, yeah, I read it. I saw it. Yeah. Oh, I got to memorize it. Like, okay, cool. but so, but you, but as an actor, yeah. But I see. I I grew up watching Charlie Chaplin. That was fascinating. And the reason that I watched Charlie Chaplin was I wanted to find out where Mr. Chaplin was. That's why I was fascinated with Chaplin. Yeah, he was funny, but I, I thought I could never do that. I mean, he was doing impossible things with his body and his funniness and his budget and his pictures and his framing. No, but but I wanted to see where Charlie was. And I was, you know, I had this little thing, you, you, wheel, you, you know, a little eight millimeter and a little toy, real, uh, real to real and Super 8 and stuff. And I would stop and freeze it and I would just look at it and I would try to say, well, where is Charlie Chaplin? You couldn't see it. In other words, he was totally in that character, man. Even even if you took this costume off, he was still the little trim, just <laughs> in his body language. And I mean, and that's that's why he was so hypnotized. It's impossible. I mean, he's he, he, Yeah, that too. But that was part of it. So yeah, it's it's less is way and still be there. Less is way more. Anyway, that that's yeah, the only way I can get into it. You know, as as a person, so, do uh, less, do less, do less. Yeah, before uh, before we let you go. Um, what uh, what advice would you give anybody that's young and starting out as an actor or a comedian or director or anything? It was oh yeah, to mention pe- people, you were nominated for an Academy Award for uh, Sally's Diner, which was awesome too. That was a great movie. Um, but uh, like anybody that's trying to get into the into the business, I mean, you know, not not necessarily for fame and fortune, but just wanting to uh, do the craft. Be at the right time, at the right place, and be really cool. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean there's no. Yeah. Okay? Yep. Got it. Uh, okay, so here's the thing. Ask around. Like, you just asked me that question. Mm-hmm. Ask around. So a lot of people, not just one or two or three people, but a lot of people, and don't believe a fucking one of them, but make up your own mind. <laughs> but, you know, just like in tennis, you know, don't play with a professional until you hit that ball against the wall at least 5,000 times. Then yeah. go, you know, try to play tennis. You know, now, that, you know, tennis is not about hitting the ball. 5,000 times. It's not about that at all. It just do it, you know? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. put in the work. You got to put in the work. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, you mm-hmm. know? 
I mean, I just, that took me so long, so long. I was hitting this. I learned by, you know, jumping in, you know, jumping into the center and then surviving my way to wisdom in, in the particular arena. I just, you know, I, you know, like, like the, it's a very old fashioned. You know, I would throw myself into the pool and try to learn to swim to the, the safety. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. It's not, it's not, it's, uh, there's other ways to, to learn, you know? Uh, and also, you know, pick your fights, you know? But, but <laughs> the, the, the thing that I also learned for me is it's not the same, you know? If I had to start, if I had to give myself advice to how to get into show business today, I mean, just from what I just told you guys, you can't do that anymore. <laughs> I mean, just listen to what I just told you. Yeah. Are you willing to go through that to get to where I am or you want to be? Well, maybe I was willing to get to where I am, but are you willing to get where you want to go by doing what I did? I doubt it. You know? So you got you to gotta, you gotta figure it out. That's good advice. I mean, you know, you can't just jump in and expect to be given a role on a show. I'm going to Hollywood and I'm going to be famous. Hey, some people are born doing it and some people have it kicked out of them and they got to learn it all over again. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's just, you got to, oh man, I can, yeah, you can go on, you know. Yeah. Hey, let's see, you just opened up a can of words. Oh, you got to want it. You got to want it. That's that's it. Mm -hmm. You got to want it. Well, Just try to invent yourself. Well, thank you for your time, Larry. Um, I'll, I, I think we could talk all night, but I don't want to keep you all night and everything. Yeah. So, yeah, this was this was great. I I appreciate it a lot for you coming onto the show. Um, and uh, is cool, there, man. You guys are cool. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah. Is there anything you want to? Oh, and by up? the way, you know, yeah, I'm I'm coming out, and it's not my movie, but I'm in a big movie that I can't tell you about because I had to sign an NDA. That's coming out in late fall, early. Uh, Winter, but you want to see it. I mean, whether I'm in it or not, you're going to want to see it. But I'm in it, and I got a, a nice, a nice part. And the, the other thing is to coincide with that. My book, the Loopholes Dossier. It's just, it, it's just mocking stuff. Uh, it's funny. Um, it comes out at the same time. It'll be on Kindle and Amazon and stuff. It's going to late fall. And meanwhile, I'll be making my little, you know, one-minute, two-minute, uh, you know, little uh, Barnaby Justice Emmett things. Awesome. Check those out on, on the internet. So thank you, guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank have, you. have a good evening. Okay, bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, that was amazing, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, indeed. I mean, I... Uh... Loved all those stories and everything. Um, I hope you all enjoyed those. And, uh, you know, um, if you want to hear some more, like, lengthy interviews like that, just let us know and we can uh, set up some uh, interviews with people um, from, the from you know, pop culture in general. And uh, we'll uh, get them to you. Um, so uh, anything else to say here, Matt, before we go? Just as I said in the beginning, you're welcome, people. That's my new catchphrase. You're welcome, people. You're you're okay, okay, everyone. Mine is you're welcome, welcome people. people. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's like a Howard the Duck almost kind of like yeah. voice. You're welcome, people. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that, folks. Um, a nice little break from uh our directed video sequels and other things that we've done more often here. Um, but be sure to tune into the next episode if you enjoyed this episode and this is your first time listening. Um. We have a lot of fun with the show. Um, so tune in to the next uh, All Too Real 2. And until then, bye bye Thanks for listening to All Too Real 2 Podcast, a Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.